Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. What's up, y'all? It's Jeff Cobb, and you're listening to Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Social Suplex Podcast Network. You're listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Listener discretion is advised at all times. episode of the Rickett and Clive Wrestling Show, part of the Social Suplex Podcast Network. My name is Clive. I have the man flute. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just looking for an understanding from the listeners tonight. I may not be on my game as much as I am, if I ever am. But uh, if things start to dip, I'll rely on my co-host and compadre and tag team partner for life, Ricky. Hello, Ricky. Good evening. You won't get any sympathy from any sympathy from me. Um, uh, you, no. I had the flu. I'm just starting to get rid of it. Um, but yeah, more than anything, I'm not going to give you sympathy because you got the flu. Is because you took so damn long to introduce me. I'm trying to get this rubbish out of the way. <laughs> because if we get the rubbish out of the way, we have the grand announcement of. You may have noticed there was a certain advert at the start of this podcast this week. That's right. Uh, the Social Suplex Podcast Network now has a sponsor. That is powerslam.tv. They are basically a streaming service. So see if you guys out there are looking for some to dip your toes into the world of independent wrestling. Get a free first month of over 3,000 hours of independent wrestling from across the globe on powerslam.tv with the promo code, Ricky. Social Suplex. Yes. Well done. 3,000. I was having a browse through it earlier and going through it. It's the same, it's pivot share, so it's the same kind of deal as ICW and Progress's like, network, so to speak. And their A to Z of promotions just goes on and on and on. So, uh, I don't want to sound like some sort of shill or anything, but that's just an insane amount of hours. Mm-hmm. So if you've got, insane, uh-huh. so... Ever expanding... Just like ourselves as well, we have new additions to the network in the guise of Wilfred Watches podcast and Omega Look Wrestling podcast. So, welcome to the family, gentlemen. Welcome aboard. Loads of podcasts for you to pick from. I think the WWE ones are beginning to get outnumbered now as far as I can do the math. I think so. I think so. So... Has this been recording? <laughs> yes, it has. Thank goodness. <laughs> TLC. What a terrible stuff. I know. I, I'm telling you, I, all I'm doing is explaining that I won't be on my game tonight, but I'll try my best. We're going to. I mean, I off. I did offer to take the reins tonight. You can do the last bit. 
but your ego said no. Listen, is your new g- <laughs> is your new gimmick to just bury me in public? My gimmick has been the same since day one, and it's to poke and prod you at all times because I know I can get a reaction from you. Well, it's going to <laughs> it's going to happen tonight. <laughs> TLC is this Sunday the last pay-per-view of the year on the WWE Network not the best of stories leading into it for quite a lot of the matches if not all of them from a personal point of view but on paper there are a good few matches there uh, just in terms of wrestling quality so we're going to go for a try and look, look forward to this event from a work rate point of view rather than stories and stuff like that um, there are 12 I think 12 matches all in insane stuff to close out the year people are trying to wrap some Christmas presents or write their final shopping lists to Santa uh, and they're flinging this probably 4 plus hour pay per view at us how wonderful of them it is a ridiculous I, it's what I said to you this morning when we were talking about when you put the, 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 doc, the doc together I just didn't realise it was this amount of matches. Um, I'm actually looking through them. There's about eight, I would say, that I'm quite interested in, or certainly looking forward to. Uh I mean, just as I said, from a wrestling point of view, there is enough Mm -hmm. there to intrigue me. Whether on the night, at the end of it all, I am satisfied, that's another situation. Um, But we'll see. So... I have listed it from the Lords of Pain.net's updated card. However, I will go from in reverse order, starting with the least sort of built, leading all the way up to your likes of your WWE champions and stuff like that. Now, the first one we will touch on is Finn Balor versus Drew McIntyre. Now, although this might not be the least exciting on the card, it is a wee bit up in the air with regards to Finn Balor's health. He's been. He had to come home from a house week, a house show at the weekend there, and he wasn't on Raw. As far as I'm aware, there is an illness involved. Your thoughts? Do you think it will go ahead? Difficult to say, but I think if it doesn't, we might just get Dolph inserted into that slot. Looking at it, and he's not on the card, so <coughs> that's a possibility. I really hope we do get Finn and Drew because it, um, as soon as this was announced, my immediate reaction was like, this match is going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, from a, from a storyline aspect, granted, some of them, like I said, they all, they all have a story to it, but some of them just aren't intriguing. Yeah. The... <laughs> um, like said, yeah. But the matches itself, I think will deliver and, and you know when it comes down to a storyline driven feud do it, would, sorry would I rather it was a great storyline with an okay match or would I rather the other way around I'm all for just having a a kind of average build up to then suddenly having a great match and I think a lot of these matches or a lot of these feuds will fall into that category where the build has been Pretty poor, pretty bad, but the match itself will kind of make you forget about the build. 
And I think if this match goes ahead, then Finn Balor and Drew McIntyre will deliver if both men are fit. Um, very dynamic, kinetic wrestlers with explosive movesets, especially Drew McIntyre's Claymore, which has a, an out-of-nowhere kind of feel to it. Yep. And he delivers it with gusto as well. So you're a, a massive Drew McIntyre fan. He's getting a spotlight. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm aware, this is his first singles pay-per-view match since he came yep. up to the main roster. Yep. It's crazy when you think about it like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But like I said, for, for wrestling alone, I'm looking forward to it. This is probably in my top... It's certainly my top four match, I think, of the night. Right. What's your prediction if it goes ahead? Oh, it's a Drew win all day long. Probably, actually, when you think about it. Drew has been pushed. Although he's been a bit stagnant as far as an actual push is concerned, there has been a lot of impetus put on Drew. He's been the, the main sto- the main guy in the tag team of him and Dolph Ziggler, even though Ziggler was an IC champ for quite a while. It's always been about Drew for me. So I don't see anything else apart from a, a Drew McIntyre win. I agree, and I think, like you said, there's been a big spotlight on Drew without it really equaling like a proper um, strong push. Um, maybe the Dolph, him teaming up with Dolph, dragged on a little bit too long. I didn't like how he lost uh, a couple of weeks ago to Dolph. On one, I know it was kind of a bit of an iffy finish to it, but it kind of wasn't. Um, but like I said, there's been a there has been a big spotlight on Drew the moment he came back up to the main roster, but it's not really equated to a full strong push. And I think now now is the time that we're kind of now going to enter Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season, where I think you'll kind of start to see the Drew McIntyre hype train get louder and louder. Uh-huh. And I, I think. As you know, there's rumours about what the potential WrestleMania main event could be, and one of those rumours has Drew McIntyre in it. And I think either way, I think he's now going to start to get a real strong push heading towards WrestleMania because I think he's going to have a a significant spot on that card. I would like to see a strong offering at the Royal Rumble. I think we will get that. Which isn't that far away, actually. So they need to start getting their fingering gear with the, the creative side of things. Speaking of the Royal Rumble, the next match that I have here is this final of the Mixed Match Challenge Season 2, where the winners basically get a chance to compete at number 30 in the Royal Rumble of their respective matches. So you have Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox versus R-Truth and Carmella. I have not seen... I have seen one gif, one gif of the Mixed Match Challenge. So (laughs) I have nothing to add. Not one thing. So, the winner gets the chance to compete for the 30th spot, or is entrant number 30? They are entrant number 30. Hate it. Consid- Hate it. Is it because of who who is involved? Not really. Because, um, because you like number 30 to be a, a surprise? Yes. Yes, uh, it ruins that surprise element. Yeah, I agree. Then I guess some people could say, well... Maybe now the surprise will be like a, more of a surprise, but I just I don't like that. I like always I always like the intrigue of having number as number thirty. I like the fact that when it comes to things like the mixed match mixed match challenge, that they're actually giving us a reason to want to watch it and giving us a reason to care who wins it, etc. 
it's what I've always said that I wanted the Battle Royals to be at WrestleMania. It's what maybe you could put on the line in Survivor Series when it's brand supremacy. Instead of having brand supremacy, you would have the winner of whatever brand wins the 5-on-5 men's and women's match, they'll have a chance to have their own mini-match to see who goes in at number 30. So I like the fact that you've given us a reason to maybe want to watch the Mixed Match Challenge. I like the fact that there's a there's an incentive for the two teams. I just don't like it. It's the entrant number 30. And I think it's, I think it's going to be R-Truth and Carmella. Um, yeah, I do like me some truth. So, but like, I'm just not, I'm just not enamoured with that actual stipulation. I mean, statistically, number thirty isn't the most successful number for the rumble, as far as I'm aware. It's either twenty-one or twenty-seven, which has had the I most. See, I'm not even looking at it from a cafe point of view. I'm just looking at it <laughs> <in the> from <laughs> two cares point of view. Yeah, I don't care that it's going to be one of those two, but I, I like I say, number thirty was always that the intrigue of who might come down and and hopefully this will now put any kind of rumours that people thought Roman might come back at the Royal Rumble to bed because you know if he was ever going to come back at the Royal Rumble he was going to come in at number 30 but that will put that kind of if anyone even had those kind of thoughts that will put that to bed um, like I say I like like I say I'll repeat myself but I like there's a carrot dangled in front of the two teams I don't like what the actual carrot is. Uh huh. It's not that great, and I mean, I was I wasn't a, not a fan of Carmella last year, well this year, but I probably won't watch this one if I'm being brutally honest with you. Neither will I. It'll be on a free show anyway. Uh, so I'll pick Mahal and Alicia Fox just to be different from you. Right. Uh, since. Uh, Podcasts like a good segue. You mentioned the dangling carrot. The next match on the list <laughs> <laughs> is a dangling guitar where Elias and Bobby Lashley will have a ladder match. And the stipulation is Elias's guitar will be hanging above the ring as a weapon. So, uh, <laughs> excuse me, how many times have these guys fought over the last two, three months? Does the inclusion of the ladder do anything for you? Does the inclusion of someone getting a guitar shot do anything for you? No, because I don't really care too much about Bobby Lashley. Never have. I mean, um, see, at this stage, I would rather see Elias versus Leo Rush. Because, mm. um, did you see how he was ragdolled into the ring post? Yep. This week? And, and I mean, he has his detractors for his attitude backstage, but Leo Rush is quite the wrestler. He's done really well for himself when he's wrestling on 205. Um, he's ov- I know he's an arse, but he's the most interesting person out of him and Lashley. But, oof, what a, what a match. <laughs> and I like Elias, I do like Elias, but I don't really care about this match. I'm going to go with Elias. Um but I only say that because I don't see the babyface kind of losing the match and then getting hit with the guitar. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't... Like I say, I'm not that enamoured with this matchup either. Right, so we're going for an Elias win. Mm-hmm. Right, let's move very swiftly on. Chairs match, Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio. Now, 
Randy Orton's not been the worst thing on SmackDown for me. I've enjoyed what he's been doing, where he's singling out people, sort of heroes of SmackDown, and taking away their calling cards, so to speak, with Jeff Hardy and his paint, Ty Dillinger and his fingers for the perfect 10, and trying to take Mysterio's mask off. So, it's probably the best use of Orton in a good couple of years. Would you agree or disagree with that? I agree. But it doesn't necessarily mean I want to see him. I know. And this is another one that... At the start of it, I say a lot of these matches I am looking forward to. But in the first three or the four we've discussed, including this one, I'm not that bothered about it. I know. Um, like, I, I, like I do, I do, I do. Actually, I do agree with the Randy thing, and I do still like watching Rey Mysterio. But the match itself, like I say, it just doesn't do much for me. I mean, this is 2018. This match probably happened 10 years ago. Yep. Just. We had bigged up this saying, yeah, we're quite interested in quite a few of these matches, but that's three in a row where, mm, nah. Yeah, but now it's going to start picking up, though. Well, the next one on the list is the tables match between Natalia and Ruby Riot. Ruby Riot is going to get her comeuppance. Probably. She's I, like, you know I'm a massive Natalia fan, so I'm always interested in Natalia matches. Um, I know a lot of people don't like the whole cancer being brought up for Roman and some people have an issue with um, the anvil being brought up here as well. I don't have an issue with it. Um, I think it it's elevated the storyline. I think it's brought a kind of realism to it in a sense as well. Um, and then when they came out on Monday... Ruby Riot had the table with the Anvil's image all over it. You know, and then she hit out with that line, come Sunday, you and your dad are going to be as close as ever or something. I can't remember what she said, something along those lines. You know, so there's a real... They're really hitting on some personal stuff there. Um, And like I said, I don't have an issue with it, but because you know what, at the end of the day, Natalia has signed off on this. So... Yeah, I'm looking forward to this match. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I am looking forward to this match. Um, but I do uh, I think that's probably more so because I, I'm, a, I'm a, quite a big fan of Natalia and I think Ruby Wright is good as well the thing that worries me about it is there was a video going around doing the rounds at the weekend where Natalia tried to powerbomb Ruby Wright through the table and the table didn't break now this yep. isn't the first time that uh, a, a slight woman has not been able to break a table it's happened regularly I'm all for women having gimmick matches Look what happened in the last man standing, last woman standing matches and hell in the cells. But see, when it comes to tables, it kind of out of it quick, quickly. And I'm I'm scared in case something like that happens and takes away from what could be a good match. And that's why I think the table spot's got to be planned quite well. You've got to ensure that you're able to break it first time. Because um, sometimes... Sometimes when a table doesn't break, it adds to the spot and it looks even more brutal. Sometimes. But it t- for a lot of the times, 
when a table doesn't break, you kind of get the impression that it should have broke and it just didn't for whatever reason. You know, because like, cause you can't ever plan for not breaking a table. But sometimes, like I say, it just adds to it. But a lot of the time, it just kind of looks... I wouldn't say clumsy or any sloppy or anything because sometimes you just can't help it. But it just kind of looks like, oh, you ruined a good moment there kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Like I say, you just kind of need to plan that table spot wisely whether it's coming off the top rope or coming from the top uh, the turnbuckle to the outside or something I'm not sure just to kind of ensure the table does break um, or whether you just go with the whole standard where you put the table in the turnbuckle and you throw the person into it but I am looking forward to the match I am so you're going for a Natalia win yes I didn't ask you who would win the chairs match uh, I'll go <coughs> I'll go Ray I was thinking that myself you'd mentioned comeuppance for Ruby Riot I think it's about time that Orton got his comeuppance so Ray Mysterio will squeeze out a victory here in some form or, or other and before we move on to the next match just shout out to Kyle go away Randy Orton <laughs> I'm on the go away Ray Mysterio train as well so <laughs> it's a go the loser goes away match that would be excellent. <laughs> uh, Natalia Ruby Riot. I'll predict. I predict a riot. Tough. Any God. any Kaiser Chiefs fans out there? Hope you enjoyed that one. Oh, this next match. Why is this even being announced? This is dreadful. TLC match: Braun Strowman versus General Manager Elect Baron Corbin. The stipulation is. Strowman currently out with an injury, you know, an injury that is going to keep him out of action for multiple months. He would earn a Royal Rumble title shot from WWE Universal Champion Brock Lesnar if he wins. Corbin will be the permanent general manager if he wins, but he will lose all red brand authority if he loses. Mm-hmm. Baron Corbin has come under some harsh not even harsh, severe criticism the last few months, last few weeks especially, and someone like him who's quite devoid of much um, charisma. The Constable Corbin thing was amusing at first, but there's points where Baron Corbin, nowhere near one of NXT's success stories, has taken up a third of Monday Night Raw. This motherfucker can't cut a promo. This motherfucker can't wrestle. This motherfucker shouldn't be on our TV. He isn't good at what he does. He isn't. He has two, like, really good moves, and they're real good moves. But he... He isn't good at all. I... Like I say, you you know what the, the... damning thing about him is right is for when you look at him from when he entered NXT or at any point in NXT to look where he is now can you really genuinely say wow I've saw so much improvement from him Um, no not much and, and for me that's that's the damning thing about it like how long he's been on the main roster how long he's kind of been in a spotlight in like I said, he hasn't done anything. 
think... you need to remember, this is a guy that had that won money in the bank as well. So he was highly thought, he always has been kind of highly thought of, but you lost your cash in. And I know that's not always an indictment on the person, but at the same time, it kind of is. Like, maybe it was a them admitting, maybe we put this on you too soon, or maybe you did have some heat, etc. But for me, when you see Barn Corbin from day one in NXT to what you see now, there really isn't much of a difference. I think the only difference is he is more comfortable on the microphone. At the same time, yep. though, what he's saying is devoid of any, yep, any oomph. It's been going on too but, long. As I said, coming out in the the corporate cane attire, that was funny. Got himself a haircut, which was in dire need of. Oh, like he says, at first it was just quite funny because I remember kind of having a couple of conversations with some other people. I remember having a conversation with Kyle actually. And we were just kind of talking about non-wrestling stuff. It was politics, and then it kind of tied into Corbin. It just it was funny at the time, and and it and it's not funny anymore. It really isn't. But I mean, Braun Strowman getting a title shot at Royal Rumble. Like I'm sorry, I've always, I've seen this. I've seen this. I've seen this. I've read this book plenty of times. There's nothing that's going to suggest that he's going to win. Maybe he will. Who knows? But why would you think he is going to win at Royal Rumble? Um. I'm going to throw a span on the works and say Braun isn't ready for Sunday. And his replacement is Bray. <coughs> okay. If Bray Wyatt takes Braun Strowman's spot, I will, I will be glued to that match. Bray Wyatt, I mean... Yes, Bray Wyatt, him. Well, I know no. we spoke about him in, in the messenger group a few weeks back or last week and I know he's not everyone's cup of tea and I know they've, they could have done so much more of him but there's something about him that I absolutely love I think you, and, and I think a lot of people love him as well and I think you kind of just go back to watching the, the Battle Royal at Wrestlemania when the lights went out and Bray appeared and you saw the pop he got, the crowd lost their shit. Um, when Bray first went to NXT in the main roster, he was cutting promos that that I I don't think I'd heard before. It was like what, like it was creepy, it was eerie, and it made you kind of spoken riddles, but it was making sense, and, it, and you were glued to it, and you were kind of scared as well. I think he. I think he has the makings of being a big, big deal for them if they just book him right. He's classic main roster because his character work is excellent. His mic work is excellent. But in his in-ring work is solid enough to complement those things. Uh So he's not like, you know, he's not like someone like, say, AJ who... Or AJ's gotten better on the mic, sorry, it might not be the... A great example, but you know, you get someone who's great in the ring, but it's not that great on the mic. But Bray is what I would say that Vince kind of looks for in his main roster guys. Um, I, I like I says, I'm a huge, huge fan of Bray. I think, like I says, you know, we saw it last year when he gave us a little glimpse to put a title on him, and everyone got so excited. And I, I know they took it off him a month later, and the match wasn't very good. But I think every single time they've given even like 
a small resemblance of a push, a lot of people have got behind it. And I think he's still very popular to this day. See, I am not a believer in wins and losses matter at the base level, right? But when it comes to wins and losses of overall feuds and storylines with Pacific wrestlers, I am. And Bray Wyatt has been on the receiving end of a lot of losses, a lot of L's when it comes to the storylines he's been involved in. And because of that, I've lost a lot of credibility with him, for him. And I just don't see how someone like him, who has been a bit of an afterthought since, I don't know if he's been injured or not, but since Matt Hardy had to hang up his boots, they've had nothing for Bray Wyatt. And I just, I mean, I'm not that taken with him anymore. So I can't see, even, I mean, Bray Wyatt and Baron Corwin, that's one of those matches on paper, I'm thinking, hmm, that's like a raw, a raw match. It is, and it's a raw match because it's Baron Corbin. Anything, anything with Um, Baron Corbin is a raw match. No, I think, I think you could easily just um, change people's perception of Bray quite quickly. I don't think it would take long. I don't think it takes many wins. I think a lot of people are looking for a reason to get behind him again. Right. Um, I like them kind of like to Rusev. I think they've both always been popular. And I think it's not going to take much of a push. It's not going to take much, many wins for people to get behind him. I think he just needs that one sort of big-ish win so people can start to believe again. Maybe. And it falls back on Braun. Like, you know, like Braun... Braun and Brock were about to run this again for what, the third third time isn't it the singles match so why would we think it's going to be any different you know because Braun himself you know has lost several high profile feuds so that says I would be more that's why Braun doesn't do much for me either anymore and it's a shame but like I said for me I'd be more interested and intrigued this match if it was Bray that turned up we're going to, Bray's coming back at some point. He was he was at a house show a couple of weeks ago. He was. That's my. That's the only thing that's going to kind of intrigue intrigue me about this match, because Braun winning. I don't want to see Braun and Brock again. I don't want to see Corbin continue as a general manager. See, see I the, think. Sorry, you go. The thing with Corbin, it's not even a case of. He's just boring. He's not doing his job properly in the kayfabe side of things. Why would he attack Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel to ensure that a part-timer basically walked away with the the main event championship and they wouldn't be on TV for such a long time? Why would they want to do that? And denying Ronda Rousey a championship match on a TV episode as well. I know they ended up going ahead with it, but he's he's not doing his job properly. And he's just been allowed to run riot around a lot of Raw. And it's not really... I mean, Seth Rollins hinted, said it. Obviously, he's speaking through God knows who, who decided to come out with that one. But, and obviously, it's all Vince's fault at the end of the day. But on TV, Baron Corbin has sucked the life out of Monday Monday Night Raw. So, although I don't see what they're going to do, 
and I'm guessing you're not exactly locking it up with Bray Wyatt, but you think Baron Corbin will actually lose somehow? Oh, Corbin won't win. No. Yeah, something's, he won't win. something's got to happen there. So I'm not sure what will happen, um, but I'll say that Corbin loses his match and loses control of Raw and ends up on Saturday night main event, whatever it's called. Just like just as long as he stops getting so much so much of a spotlight on Raw I don't need to fucking see him uh-huh. and it's hard and it's hard like I, I always preach watch whatever intrigues you but it's difficult for me to watch fucking Raw when Baron Corbin's on 75% of the time exactly or you've got not a, not a fan just not a fan whatsoever no oh we went down a dark path there so, it needed to be said though. Like, like we're trying to always keep it positive, but sometimes we just need to call out the bullshit. And to yeah. me, that is bullshit. And we haven't really talked about the main roster for the last couple of weeks, so this has been bubbling for us for a wee while. Um, no, get Corbin off the screens, please. Get him off my telly. Just yeah, like <clears throat> there's just no need for us to see someone who's such an adequate wrestler and someone who's not like she's doesn't have any kind of great character characteristic traits on our TV constantly taking up so much uh, time and space. Fuck, I'd rather see Brock on my TV and I'd rather see Corbin. Calm down. You must not be still you still must not be well to come out with shit nah, like that. I would. I would. Next up but, will we move on? Yeah, may as well. The cruiserweight title match between challenger Cedric Alexander and champion Buddy Murphy. I have a feeling this has pre-show written on it, but at the end of the day, it's still a bit of a spotlight being shown on the 205 Live fellas. Um, We're seeing it a lot more now. Drake Maverick has been involved in matches. And Leo Rush has been in matches. We had Mustafa Ali have his... I don't know if that was an official SmackDown debut or not, but that was treated like a big deal because there was a backstage bit where all the New Day and Usos and a few of the others were congratulating Ali as he was walking back. It just felt like quite a big deal. Because it was a big deal. Uh, exactly. I mean, I, my interest in SmackDown hasn't been as hot as others the last few weeks. I'm not sure. I just... Sorry to cut you off. Do you know why it was a big deal? Why? Because the best wrestler in the company made his debut on SmackDown. That's true. And it wasn't even his best match. It was a bit, for me. It was a big. It was a big fucking deal. Yeah. And you want to know why this match is going to be on the pre-show? Because of bland ass Cedric Alexander. Oh, he's been kind of interesting since he lost the title. Because he went on a losing streak. He had a crisis of confidence. He finally won a match against a, and Leo Rush in an excellent match and he's te- teased a heel turn, a betrayal of Mustafa Ali. So this is the most interesting he's been over the last two months and it was the whole championship reign. So, But it's not the match. <sighs> 205 Live have been getting a, go- a good spotlight recently. So I'm not going to belittle this match. And these guys did tear the house down in Australia. There might be another pre-show one, or they might have 
commercials playing where this match is in the small corner. God knows why they had some of the best parts of that match last night hidden away on a small screen. But I'm excited for it. I always am for Cruiserweight title matches. And it's good that they're syncing these in with the pay-per-views rather than just the odd episode of 205. So, oh, I don't... uh, I think there's a possibility of under walking away with this one. What, with the title? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe a bit too early. Maybe there might even be a triple threat at the Rumble between Alexander. I I could maybe see that. Triple threat, Alexander, Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali. Mm -hmm. And then in the months leading up to WrestleMania, you could have Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. And then I think at uh, WrestleMania, you're going to get the rematch between Ali and Buddy Murphy. Oh, really? No. Ali and Alexander at Wrestlemania for the title no I think Mur- I think Murphy holds it until then and Ali wins the title at Wrestlemania I think that is a possibility regardless of who it is he is facing Ali walking away with the title I just I would I would rather not see Ali on 205 anymore to be honest I don't want to offend you no it's fine but I will retort I'd put, I'd put him on Smackdown I will retort though that Okay, going to the bigger stage is a big deal, and it is a big deal, but it will not be used as often as it has been in 205 Live. I get that, but I also think when he goes to SmackDown, there will be a larger audience. There will be a bigger platform for him. And being, in my opinion, probably the top, one of the top two or three wrestlers in the company, that will get him very, very far. And there's, there's room for a few pure baby faces as well on SmackDown. There is, there is room for to have the biggest baby face in the company oh, yes. on, that roster, on the roster. And that's what he could genuinely be. Uh-huh. If you would just allow him it to be or you give him that platform. He's that damn special. Uh, he will be the heart of SmackDown Live. He he, he really could be the, that, the, the face he really could be the, the, the face of that brand. Now, it all depends what happens when Fox, the Fox deal comes into it and how they manoeuvre people around, but, you know, he's just so, so, so gifted. He is. He's a lovely man. I wish he was my friend. So he's my brother, so, so you know, that's good enough for me. That's true. Uh, next up is Triple Threat for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. This one for me is definitely on paper that should be a good match, but the lead-up has been... I mean, people have been slagging off Raw's Tag Team division for all the shit comedy segments and stuff they've had. They've had quite a few in SmackDown in the last couple of months. Had uh, the pancake party. I can't remember if that was a national holiday or not. Uh, maybe just pancake day or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, the trick or treat street fight, the Thanksgiving street fight, a rap battle. I mean, that's the just... rap battle was funny. I thought, I like, I don't. That wasn't that wasn't meant to come over the way the New Day and Usos rap battle was supposed to come over. I been, just found it kind of funny. There's been too much funny with this. This triple threat build, though. This is 
this is a match. This is my match of night. I hope. I hope so. I sincerely is, hope so. So this is again. This ties in <clears> with the whole what we were saying, kind of shoddy build. But this this is a match that I'm the mo- I'm most looking forward to. Out of the entire card, it's this one. Um, we know how great some of the matches these three have had between them, like one on one or sorry tag team matches. I think this could be very, very good. It really, really could. Um, I just hope this isn't on the pre-show. Oh, well, it's the only tag team titles match. So I'm looking at it right so on the pre-show. I'm probably going to assume there's going to be at least three matches, I think, on the pre-show. I'm going to go mix match. Three ladder. I think mix match, the ladder match, and the cruiserweight match. The ladder right. match will be on the the main, I think. They love Elias for some reason. It's going to be nine matches probably on the main. No way should Elias and Bobby Lashley be on the main show and that tag team match be on the uh, pre-show. No way. If put I- put the matches that don't mean anything on the pre-show because remember last time at Survivor Series we were told but the pre-show means absolutely nothing. If I'm being honest, I think the tables match will be on the pre-show along with the mixed match, mixed match challenge match. The TL, this, and this um, Braun Strowman thing will be 10 minutes tops. It'll just be a segment. Mm-hmm. It won't last long. Um, so then you're talking eight matches over possibly four hours, so... It will be, it will be about three and a half to four hours. Whether this lands on the pre-show or the main, main, the main show makes no difference. It's still the match of the night for me. This is the one that I'm most looking forward to. Who do you? And think? it needs to. Be, who do I? I throw? I think either the Usos or the Bar. Um. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Bar. I'd like to hear that. I th- I don't know if it will be them, though. I don't think it will be New Day, anyway. I've not got a clue who it will be, to be honest with you. So, I'll throw a spanner in the works and say the New Day or the Bludgeon Brothers will come down and attack them all. God, I hope not. <laughs> <coughs> As you say... I totally forgot about them. As you say... This has the room to be one of the matches of the night, and it very well could be. But there's just been too much, too much funny, funny for me in the last couple of months with this lot that I don't care. Like I say, and it just ties in what we were getting at, what we said at the start of the show. Some poor builds, match quality should deliver, and like I say, there's no reason why this can't be the match of the night. I know. Uh, next up. Raw women's title match Nia Jax versus champion Ronda Rousey Any thoughts? The first match they had was good It was, it was It was good Um, I'm hoping Tamina doesn't get involved in any kind of way Oh dear Ronda wins Yep, she will retain. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm expecting a kind of similar to match what we got match what we got last time. Uh, now Jack's got more than enough offense and to look real strong, to look like a credible threat, and so she should. I think in the end Ronda will pull it out. Um, but I'm expecting I'm expecting a somewhat solid match. And this is also one of the matches I'm looking forward to, just because, like I say, it's the first first time around. It was a good it was a good good match before Alexa Bliss <clears throat> interfered. Yeah, the I think the crowd reaction will be quite interesting for this one. With Nia Jax proclaiming to be the best wrestler in the company and all that stuff. I think you're probably going to get a lot of Becky chance, if I'm honest. Oh, possible. Wait, what? Um, what city is this in? Oh, I can't remember. Let me check that right now. But I don't think it really matters what city's in now. I think a lot of people are programmed that way just to start chanting that kind of stuff, but I think we could get that. Um, I'm sure Ronda's going to get some kind of booze. There probably will be Becky chance through this. It um, is in San Jose, California. I don't know. Um. I haven't got much to add with this one. I think Ronda Rousey will retain. Nia Jax will soak up some heat. Maybe not nuclear, but... Oh, who am I kidding? I don't care much about this one. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So you're going with Ronda as well? Yes. Next up on this list is... The other women's title match on SmackDown Live, a triple threat TLC match between Asuka, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch. Um, Becky wins by pinning Charlotte and then we get Becky and Asuka at the Royal Rumble. Oh, so is this a TLC match where the pinfalls count as well? I didn't realise that. I don't know. I suppose that is the course, path of the course these days, is it not? Alright, well, Becky wins, and I think we get Asuka and Becky at Royal Rumble anyway. And by the way, Becky Lynch owns Charlotte. Owns her. Mm-hmm. Charlotte attacks her with a with kendo stick, and then uh, Becky turns it around and beats a hole, starts beating the hell out of Charlotte before Asuka gets involved. Becky wins. Becky Asuka at the Royal Rumble is my prediction. Okay. Um, a real good match, and and, and then the real intrigue comes in. Where does this go on the card? Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. I think you're looking at people involved in the both the women's title matches, and whatever shape or form will be Rousey, Asuka, Flair, and Lynch. In some form or another. At WrestleMania? Uh-huh. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, there's... Um, two of these four will still be champion, and two of these four very possibly could win the Rumble, and the other one will win the Chamber match. Yep. I think Asuka will... I'm guessing SmackDown will have the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view this year. I'm not sure. So that means Charlotte Flair will win the Royal Rumble. She'll decide that she's going to take on Ronda Rousey and Asuka will win the Elimination Chamber. 
in February, March, whenever it is. You happy with those two picks? I think they're going Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania anyway. Mm. How you get there, I'm not sure. Um, I think at some point, unless, let's just say they don't do champion versus champion, right? Let's say they don't. Becky has to drop it at some point, and I think she'll probably drop it then to to Asuka. I think there's one thing for certain. Becky is going to drop the title at some point soon. She won't. And I think I think she'll go somehow get the match with Ronda, and it'll be them two. And I could maybe see them running Charlotte and Asuka again. Ooh. I don't know. I don't know. As we said, there are a lot of moving parts, so it's hard to determine. For me, I think this has the possibility of being match of the night, especially with the chemistry we've seen with Charlotte yep. Flair and Becky Lynch of late. Becky Lynch hasn't wrestled that much. Has she even wrestled at all since she came back? Mm-hmm. She's just been appearing, so there is still that question of how active she will be on the night. <coughs> um, I have a question for you. Ask away. You know how Becky's appearing on, or she did, or she is this week, on Ariel Hawani's Hawani's MMA podcast? Basically, right, so he's one of the leading MMA journalists he works with, ESPN. Okay. And she's appearing on his MMA podcast. So I know a lot of people are talking about that, saying it's it's like, You've got a female woman wrestler, a female wrestler appearing on a mixed martial artist uh, journalist podcast. It shows you how much she's moving the needle and how much reaction she's getting, and how over she is, and how much people are like love her character work. Yeah. Uh huh. My question to you is: Is she getting all this quote unquote fame and all this attention and all these all this praise? Because it's Ronda Rousey she's going after? Or because she's that damn good of a character it doesn't matter who she was going after? In the build to WrestleMania? And just in general the last sort of six weeks. Do you think her going after Ronda Rousey has played her a part of getting mainstream attention? Because that's what he is. He's big time. I mean, why go on an MMA podcast? Why not go on the Ricky and Clive wrestling show? She's an idiot, obviously. <laughs> Ricky and Clive wrestling <laughs> show, part of a social suplex podcast network. Download all, the great, all, download all the great podcasts we've got on this network. Sponsored on by iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you want. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, that's a good question, and based on the fact that she's going on an MMA podcast, is it specifically MMA? Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. He might have had other people, but he is an MMA journalist. Like that's what he is. That's what he is known for. Then I'll say yes. Then I may have to agree with that. So it's Becky Ronda at WrestleMania. I think so. I think so, and I think 
And you know how WWE and ESPN have got like a a working relationship, etc. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if it was requested for her to go on it and to kind of take shots at Ronda and just continue doing what she's doing to 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 prolong this feud. That's that's my me being sort of uh, <clears throat> cynicism coming out. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, it wouldn't have surprised me. Yeah. I don't see what's... And got in touch with the ESPN guys and said, can we make this happen? And they're going to make it happen. And it's kind of, they're using this as another launching pad to continue the feud. And it makes sense. I don't see it as cynical. I think it's a smart move. If they're trying to, I mean... Oh, I'm, I'm just being saying cynical as a, like me saying, it's not all because of how great Becky's been. It's more so because, well, the companies have a working relationship and they're doing it. And they're just going to capitalise on it at the moment. If you know what I mean? As uh-huh. opposed to, we're giving Becky all this credit and her wives are out his way and he's doing it off his own back to get her on as opposed to being told by the bosses that you're having her on uh-huh. I, I would say that's what they're doing it for and I don't see what's I, I don't see anything negative or cynical about it at all I don't know. I'm just saying like I say it was just thought be, I found it quite intriguing and that's, you know that's like, more... at the end of the day it still is that big fucking deal that you've got a female wrestler going on um, Hilwani's um, uh-huh. podcast because that he, he's he's very well known uh, that's it's more mainstream exposure which can't hurt at the end of the day mm. exactly um, I don't know who to pick for this one I'll go for Mm. I'll go for a Becky Lynch retention nah, I'm doing that Okay, second last one Nearly there I see title match between Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins Well, well, well Um, What started off Like Very intriguing Dean Ambrose refusing to speak for the first couple of weeks, just kind of standing there in the crowd to now him coming out dressed as some sort of gaming character, fictional character with his mask on. It's just... I liked... You remember when we were talking about Dean Ambrose's documentary, right? Mm-hmm. That was kind of done in both a kayfabe and non-kayfabe way. Yes. And it was a guy... It was done with a guy who knew what he wanted his character to be and a lot of people touched on it, Ranch has touched on it, guys like Rich and everyone's t- t- touched on it and seen it. It was a guy who was clearly conflicted in what he wanted to do. Here he was out, nearly, legitimately, nearly died from the injury, from complications, and he has to come back and be involved in a few that he doesn't, he's not involved in. And then, coupled with the Roman thing, and it was Roman, it was kind of like, it kept him kind of sane. His mental health, so to say, and I, was kind of kayfabe wise was dangling by a thread mm-hmm. and, and, and you got all of those emotions in that documentary and it was unbelievable and it's like it was so easy to write and it's kind of went away from it it's went off the boil do you know there's kind of and I can't believe I'm going to say this but there is a way to make sense of all this mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose nearly died from an infection 
So you could say his germophobia that he's got going on just now, walking about with a handkerchief and hiding from the fans in hazmat suits and stuff. And that makes sense, right? It does, but it's just... But your only flaw in that would be that not everyone knows what he went through or what we reportedly went through because A, it was just a report and B, not everyone would have watched the documentary and and also on top of that, like we've not been told that from a storyline point of view. I'm, I'm I'm also a believer that you don't need to be told everything in a story. Like you see things, join join the dots up, get get from A to B to C yourself. When when they're laying the breadcrumbs, you follow that trail, you get there. But going by what you've just said, at no point have we been told. I don't think have we, unless I'm mistaken. So I apologise that he did suffer serious serious complications from it. Not on fictional TV. And that's where there's a flaw in that logic. I like what you're getting at, and it makes sense, but. Again, we've touched on it at the start. Build started off like really, really good. Oh, yes. And then it just kind of died. But the match alone is, in my mind, will make me forget about what's took place in the last few weeks. All he had to say was, I put my blood, sweat and tears into fighting for the Shield, for you guys, for the audience. And I fought through the pain barrier to the point where I had to go away for surgery. And then in that surgery, I had a staph infection and nearly died. I be- I got infected because of you. Okay, there's the debate about getting heat by just saying I hate the audience, whatever hometown they're in. But see if he said I that. I hate that. See if he said that, I would have been fine with it. But there's just it's just hammy now and... It's not even a, it's not a, oh, I hate that Dean Ambrose, it's right, skip, flick the channel. And I can't so, I'm not, I've not gotten to that point, it's more so like, uh, you know, it's like what could have been almost. Um, Ambrose's character has so many more layers to it that he doesn't need to turn around and say, oh, all you horrible people from Glasgow or whatever, it's like, no, that's just cheap heat. He doesn't need to do that. His character has so many layers, could tell you so many more stories. But why didn't they tell the whatever... story? Why didn't they tell the story that they told in the Chronicle? Because that was Dean Ambrose. <sighs> like that was him telling you the story from his character point of view and and whatnot. Um, Just but... this is one of those ones where. The match should be good. They always the match have, will be good. Oh aye. They always have good matches. But, so, I mean, Seth Rollins, arguably man of the year. Dean Ambrose, excellent to see him back. I've always been a firm favourite. He's always been a firm favourite of mine. But wow, what a, what a disappointing way they've went with it. This could have been so much more. And now it's just a, I have cooties because of I have cooties in this town that I'm in that sucks. Come on. And for me, I'm going to go Ambrose wins. All right. Ambrose wins. Um, yeah, yeah, Ambrose wins. Um, aye, I'll say he wins. Next match is the last match, and it's the WWE title match between Alan Jones Styles and Daniel Bryan. Who is the current champion? And with Dean Ambrose having that, uh, I don't care. 
kind of attitude. I d- actively dislike Daniel Bryan. What, Daniel Bryan, the character, or uh-huh. like, what character he's playing, you mean? Well, considering that's what he... Had, fickle, fickle, fickle. <laughs> considering that's what Brian Danielson is like in real life, then I'm not a big fan of him either. <laughs> oh, that's true, actually. <coughs> that's true. Um, it's been interesting. It's not been the best of builds, again, but... Because they've barely been on the same... Like, was there not a couple of weeks there where they weren't on the show at the same time? This has happened with AJ Styles a lot this year. Because he wants, he, he wants to cut down on his dates. Cut down on the house shows then. I don't. I mean, I'm sure it will be a good match. They do have good matches together. Um, it will be a real good match. It will be a real good match. Daniel Bryan wins. It will be a real good match. It will be a good oh. match. I like. I really like Daniel Bryan as heel. I think he's awesome. I am on board with it. The he slapped Ali a few times last night, and I was not happy. Shouting ignorant at him. Hold on. Don't you touch my Ali. <laughs> and I prefer I prefer Daniel Bryan's Arsenal when he's a heel as well. It it fits in because he works a real strong style. It's a strong style, it's a yep. map based grappling. Shout, shout out to keeping it a strong style. <laughs> uh, see the the running knees well the running knees fine, but the turnbuckle kicks and shit. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even describe it. It's basically his babyface greatest hits moves. Yep. I, I see them all the time. I'd rather see him walk around the match and I would love it if he brought back the cattle mutilation. That is a sensational submission move. Heel hook's mm-hmm. good, but the cattle mutilation was, oh, horrendous. And I think what you'll probably see a lot as well, like you'll see a lot of his you're going to see a lot of his kind of mixed martial artist background, uh, like that kind of style, with, with the kicks and the grappling, etc. So, and it's more submissions. Daniel Bryan is a heel. I'm, I'm more of a fan of Daniel Bryan a heel than I am Daniel Bryan a face. Uh-huh. I think he's a better heel than he is as a face. I think people kind of forgot just how great of a heel he is. Um, yeah. I say there's no reason why this match again won't deliver because they've already had two good matches. Um, but again, keep touching on it. It's just the same again. Build's not been great, but the matches themselves will deliver. And I know we started off quite negatively on the matches, but these last six that we've touched on, you know, really looking forward to all of these. Uh-huh. Should be some good matches there. I'm not too fussed about the Raw Women's one, but uh, the SmackDown Women's one, just from a visual point of view, should be sensational yep um, Daniel Bryan to retain oh yes yep, yep cool definitely so that's us we have previewed and predicted the entire TLC card then maybe the odd change over the next few nights I won't be touching on them because WWE should keep schedule with our release schedule <laughs> right quiz time um, yeah, unless you get anything else you want to talk about. No, not really. I'm desperate to finish and feel sorry for myself off offline. Yep, yeah, let's move on to the quiz then. Okay. 
It's fucking quiz time with Ricky and Clive and friends. A fucking WWE quiz. Ricky has the quiz for us this week. TLC themed, as you promised on the the text, the WhatsApp earlier. Yep, it is. Ten questions. Ten questions. You ready? So it is a TLC theme. Okay. Um, Question number one. After Edge, who has appeared in the most TLC matches? Oh... Jeff. Correct. Thank you. Before we continue, I just want to double check, make sure that was actually correct. I'm sure it is. Because I know there was... Yep. Okay. Question number two. Name the two wrestlers who have featured in more than two TLC matches and have a 100% win record. More than two and a 100% win record. (coughs) Um, Oh. Right, CM Punk. Mm Mm-hmm. And... 100%. 100%. Going to go for a wild guess here and say Christian. Wrong. I'll give you one more guess. It is an active raw wrestler. Seth Rollins. Correct. Question number three. True or false? Edge and Christian have appeared in more than 12 TLC matches combined. Combined. So whether whether it be as a tag team singles, whatever. One. Eleven, sorry, twelve in total. I'm going to say no. Correct. You have featured in eleven. I thought you would do something like that. <clears throat> Question number four. What was your last TLC match that took place? Are you including the one from Monday Night Raw? What was the last TLC match that took place? Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin. Uh, well done, I thought I'd just throw that in there just to see if it would you know, mess with you a little. It's not tonight. Nate, right, question number five. Name the five opponents of the Mini Shield and Kurt Angle at TLC 17. When he came out in that ridiculous vest. He rocked that vest like a a melon. (laughs) He rocked that vest like a melon farmer. Uh, Braun Strowman, Miz, Kane. Oh, who else? Ah, dear. um, The Miztourage guys. Wrong. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. They are a tag team. 
Oh, who was it? The bar. Correct. See, Curtis Angle. Curtis Angle. (laughs) Curtis Axel and Roderick Strong have started doing a tag team on the house show circuit. Uh, And their tag team finishing move is basically where they fling them, they hit their opponent with the... why the sort of metal part or the wooden part of a windowsill it's called a curtain rod question number 6 <laughs> the Undertaker's sole defeat in a TLC match was at which pay per view Undertaker's mm-hmm. Extreme Rules 2008 One Night Stand yes One Night Stand I thought you were not going to say that Right. Fantastic match. Question number seven. How many TLC matches have taken place at WrestleMania? Two. One. What's your, what's your answer? One. Correct. Which WrestleMania, do you know? That's just not a question I should be asking. Seventeen. Correct. (laughs) Right, question number eight. John Cena and Seth Rollins had a tables match at TLC 14. What was the stipulation for that match? Not so much loser has to go through a table, but what were the repercussions of losing... I don't think there were any repercussions for that match. Are you sure is that your answer? Aha, uh-huh, I'm going to stick with that. Wrong. What was it? If Cena lost, he lost his number one contender spot. If only he did. Uh, he didn't lose, did he? That was a good triple threat, to be fair. Question number nine. CM Punk defended his... WWE title and a TLC match in 2011 against who? Uh, John Cena and Alberto Del Rio. You got one of them, right? Uh, Alberto Del Rio? That's right, yep. I remember the match because wasn't this the one where CM Punk was handcuffed to the turnbuckle? It was a Miz. Oh, right, okay. Right. Oh, here we go. This is the one I promised you earlier on. Question number 10. In no order, name the 12 people who have competed in three or more TLC matches. Roman Reigns. Wrong. Shit, so it is. (laughs) I'll start the game. Edge. Correct. Christian. Correct. Jeff Hardy. Uh, you want to just take those six? Right, I'll give you those six, right, <laughs> so you don't have to name every one of them. Okay. Um, Cena. CM Punk. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Um, oh. 
Wait, who did you say before? Punk? Cena? No. Yes, he has. Are you sure about this? Um, well, there was the the match that he had with Edge. The match that he had with... Oh, hold on a minute. Cond, as far as I can see, Johnny Boots and Tights is only featured in two. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, the Randy Orton one, and then the Edge one. Kane. Yep. Oh, how many have I got so far? So you've said Edge. You said Punk. Dean, yeah. Am- Dean Ambrose. Yep. You said the six. Right. So the six TLC guys. Yep. You said Kane. Said Ambrose. There's one here that I don't know if you did say him or not. Rollins. And I don't want to say. Sorry? Rollins. Correct. Now you have two left. Oh, Ryback? Nope. So you can have... Uh, one more incorrect... Oh, how many have I got left? Two? Two. <sighs> Pressure's on. I'll just need to think of someone random. Uh, Seamus. Nope. Ah, damnations. Okay, who are the other two? Yeah, I'll give you a clues, right? One of them is on SmackDown. The other one is in Japan. Jericho? Yep. I can't remember him being in three. Just take my word for it. Smackdown. Orton. Nope. Are you, are you sure Cena's not been in three? Cena's been in two. Right, what were they? It just says the Edge one. Uh-huh. And then the other one was... Orton. Yep. He must have been in more TLCs than that, surely. I'm looking to this. And Randall Keith Orton has only been in one, apparently. Right, what's, what's the other one? I can't be bothered guessing. Um, he has his own TV show. Miz. Yes. That was a good last question. A toughie. Uh, I thought it was. I thought you'd like that one. So, are you doing the plug, or am I? No, you can do it. Oh, Oh, we are at Ricky and Clive on Twitter and Facebook. Um, Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show on Instagram. You can go to the Facebook group Wrestling Squared Circle to see us all there and the rest of the personalities on the Social Suplex Podcast Network, which includes ourselves, One Nation Radio, Outsiders Edge, Keeping It Strong Style, Grown Men Watch This Shit, and new to the network, Ralph Wilfred Watches Podcast and Omega Look Wrestling Podcast. You can get all these on any podcast app that you have 
if you have the option to do a rating and review, please give us five stars. Tell your friends, tell your parents. Um, socialsuplex.com gives you the option to subscribe to these podcasts and the columns that we do. At the touch of a button, it comes straight to your email inbox. And don't forget, powerslam.tv, promo code social suplex, that will get you a free month of over over 3,000 hours of independent wrestling from across the globe. Good job. Thanks. So I want to put something out there. Um, I've actually not consulted you on this, so I'm just going to go ahead and say it, so if you don't like it, you can cut it out later on. I've not got the energy to do that, so whatever um, So, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a wee special episode with some of our friends, so that's all we're going to say. Kind of a fun-filled episode. And I think I think people know that anyway. I can't remember if we've plugged it or not, to be honest. Yeah, there's another one the week after, which has been in the can. Someone was asleep for it. I don't know who that was. Uh, that was a that was a good sleep. I'm um, glad I never woke up. Uh, so am I. Uh, um, Just end it. Don't hear a joke. I know. I have to. I have to. Super crazy psychosis and hoovented Guerrero are bringing out. They're going into the business world and they're bringing out those portable mini fridge things. Mexi coolers. <laughs> it's like you laughed at your own joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of a cough to be honest with you this week. <clears throat> Enjoy TLC everyone and we'll speak to you next week. Take Thank care, you folks. for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.